And now, our feature presentation. The best in the world is right here, right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, pal, learn to love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the NWE back into the spotlight. I was thinking that it might be a good idea if you and I formed an alliance. Let's get ready to rumble! the greatest wrestling program in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. It's the Alliance Guys podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, DKM, and J-Cap. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Alliance Guys podcast, a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for ham sandwiches and jabronis. If you guys haven't ordered your shirt yet, make sure you do so. Uh, Going for a good cause, and it's a it's a damn fine shirt, if I do say so myself. We are on here to talk NWA with you, the the fans of the National Wrestling Alliance. Of course, with me is the former World Junior Heavyweight Champion, Mister Kevin Frazier. Welcome to the show, Kev. What's going on, Jay? DK in the house, and in mean mug in the camera with the fresh cut, DKM. Welcome to the show, DK. Okay, sure. So we're, we we've got out there. we got a full house in the chat room already. I want to say what's up to everybody. I see we've got Jimmy LB, we've got Terry McDermott, Chris Drummond. Um, I, I I think there's more of you guys watching, and that's cool. We if you'd like to join in on the conversation, please feel free to uh, type your comments in the comment section. We'll try to get to all of them. And, and we like to, on this show, we definitely like to interact with you. Uh, you know, this is a, a community that we're building here. This is that hashtag NWA fam, the Alliance blog. And we're here to talk NWA. That's what we do every Thursday at this time. And uh, if you guys, whether you're watching on uh, YouTube or on Twitch, we appreciate you being here. And uh, I'm going to, just start right off power surge episode number three left a lot to be desired i uh i don't know that um i don't know that this was needed or necessary i mean i did appreciate the tag team match because at least it was a little bit of wrestling um i felt like uh these sit down interviews with may you know, for the last few weeks, I really felt that she'd been coming into her own. I felt like these were kind of a step backwards. Um, I didn't think it was all that great. And I'm going to go to you, DK, to give us some of your thoughts on on these interviews on this episode. Uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about it because, of course, we got a pay-per-view on Sunday at... Uh, 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific, that would be when shadows fall. So, DK, what were your thoughts on Power Surge, number three? Wow. What a waste of time. It went 45 minutes, which is about the average length of some of their shows. Had way too much Camille on it. Uh, Billy Corgan was on it, and he even spoke 
but I have no idea what he actually said. Oh. And had a tag team match that was more or less meaningless. Hey, by the way, did you know that Tim Storm was gone for two weeks on a special assignment? And you want to bet we'll never know what that special assignment was? I thought I just and, thought that was the old rib that we used, uh, like when you couldn't make the podcast or when Jaden back in the day couldn't make the podcast. We would just say, "Oh, they're on special assignment." Yeah, <laughs> we did. Unless you, unless you were the one that was out, in which case you violated the substance abuse policies. But what do you expect when you leave Jaden and I unsupervised? <laughs> and. Did we need that much strictly business? I mean, Nick Aldis. What did this really do to make you want to buy the paper deal? You know, I've I've seen like like I yeah I agree. I think I think for once DK is right. Um, <laughs> I was hoping for a water spit out right there. Um, <laughs> this is what you guys in the chat room, this is why you pay the big bucks to watch us for these kinds of moments. Um, no, but this, what, yeah, it didn't really accomplish anything. I mean, it, it didn't go anywhere. Um, I, I actually stopped watching it because I was like, I got a podcast to do about this show here in a few minutes, so I'm not even going to watch the rest of this because I already know that it's going to be trash. Um, the tag match, the better team certainly lost. Dude, PJ Hawks and Luke Hawks, brother, they are, they are good. Like, they're one of the best teams we've seen all season. And yet they get one little spot. Hey there, real quick. Go ahead. Let, let, me, let me interrupt you real quick. Since you like to interrupt other people, I'll interrupt you this time. But uh, how many times have makeshift tag teams beat a real tag team? 100%. Every time, basically. So what you're saying is what's the point in even getting a tag team? The best thing to do is just throw one together at the last minute and you'll be world champs. Certainly Apparently. seems that way. That's seen that way, doesn't it? So, before we get to the pay-per-view, I do want to just point out some things that I thought were kind of interesting. Um, I do want to talk a little bit more about the tag match, but let's just break down Power Surge Episode 3. I mean, uh, like like DK said, there was an awful lot of Camille. Um, I think it was pretty cool that she showed some respect, right, to the Burke, uh, to the NWA Women's World Championship. Um that's one thing you have to give uh, give her credit for because other members of Strictly Business have literally just given up titles. Uh, you know, she was actually talking about the heritage of the championship. She she mentioned Jazz by name, which I thought would have popped Kevin because she said like Fabulous Mula, Mildred Burke, and Jazz. And I was like, well, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna reference a game changer, Jazz was certainly that. Um, uh, she took exception to the last episode of of Power Surge where they talked about Thunder Rosa on her time, and she didn't appreciate that. Um, and then some, uh, 
I feel like they're using May Valentine to feed this anti-Thunder Rosa rhetoric. And it was like May accused Thunder Rosa in projecting that Camille was a coward. Now, nothing about what Camille has done in the ring has proved her to be a coward. So, I mean, that kind of is a silly comment from Thunder Rosa. But then Thunder Rosa... How has Thunder Rosa been a, a coward? Like, that didn't make sense to me either. And it's like, why would well, you even ask that question in such a way? Like, she certainly fed the, uh, May fed the interview there. She said, uh, do you feel like Thunder Rosa is projecting? It's like, what, what, what does this have to do with anything? Am I, am I losing my mind here? Is this, are we in the Twilight Zone again? Because this doesn't make any sense. We're back in the Twilight Zone. One thing I do want to say is I'm about to post a video in the chat for you guys to see. You guys tell me what you think. But way back in 2011, NWA Revival, they called they called all of us and asked us to put together promos. And part of the reason I won that title, I to this day believe, was because of my promo that I just put in the chat. And I say this. I believe I started the whole list off all the history, guys, because I start my promo just like that. So... Just saying, just saying, it's been done 10 years ago. Yet again, I think Camille might be trolling, might be watching, might be a (laughs) Kevin Douglas fan. And when she wanted to go really make all this, when your girl really wanted to go and get some promo advice, she went to old Kevin Douglas 247 and pulled up that NWA Revival promo video. It took a few pointers from a guy who knows a few more things about promos than a lot of the people on that show. Um, I see DK rolling his eyes. <laughs> uh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> For what? I remember those promos. Um, and then the la- my last note on Camille is that uh, I felt she was very respectful in the way that she talked about Serena Deep which I think is really, um, that's good storytelling, right? Because we don't know who's going to walk out Sunday as the women's world champion. But, uh, and I think Kevin will back me up on this right now. If you go out there and call your opponent a jabroni, a ham sandwich, whatever's, and then you absolutely murder them, then what's the point? They were a jabroni. They were a ham sandwich. They were nothing. Uh, but you go out there and you talk them up and say, yep, they're aggressive. Yes, they're talented. Yes, they're good. But I'll prove to you why I'm better. When you beat them, it actually means something. Is that is that right, Kev? Was you follow that? No, that, that's, 100, that's 100% true. And really, um, I would say Nick Aldis is really good at this, and Camille should take, a, should take the same route with Thunder Rosa, is before you trash talk somebody, build them all the way up. I mean, build them all the way up and then say, and I'm better than you. You did all this. You've done all this. You've been here. You've done all this. Good for you. Fantastic. And then you look straight into the camera and you say, and I'm better than you. And I'm going to take every accolade you ever accomplished. And when I beat you, I, I've, I've, now, I've now eclipsed all of those things. I felt like she should have done it with both, but I do like the progress I'm seeing 
in Camille's promo skills. It's getting better. Uh, again, I don't expect her to be like full, a hundred percent, just there, but much, much more improved from the very first few times we watched her promos. Um, next, we have uh, it, it shifts to Billy Corgan now with with May, and. <laughs> I mean, Kevin kind of hit this on before the show started. Like, I, I don't think I need Billy ever on the I, mic again. I, I know it's probably I know it's Devin's turn to talk, and I know I just talked, but I need to say this. And I'll look into the camera. Billy Corgan, you write and perform some magnificent music. In fact, today, back in the, the song today, might be one of my favorite songs of all time. Either that or Cherub Rock. Brother, you're a phenomenal musician. You've made a lot of money. You've been very successful. I highly respect that. But just like I respected Ricky Morton's career before he came on the show and doesn't belong anymore, I respect what he used to be. Brother, don't ever do another promo video segment with you talking again on the show. Don't do it. Don't be the Jerry Jones of professional wrestling. Okay? We don't need an oil guy running a football team. We don't need a singer running a wrestling show. Dude. I'm just telling you. Don't be Al Davis. Don't be Jerry Jones. Learn from these guys. I'm a Cowboys fan in pure misery because of that. Now don't do the same thing to me with the NWA. DK I I want to know what everybody was smoking (laughs) and then I want to stay away from it it's that that China fake weed (laughs) if you watch it you know and I think that's all that can be said there was, there was at one point he said something along the lines of, "If you, there's some people who will just do the bare minimum until you push them, and then I, I'm one of those people, and I think, I think that's what, I think that's what Trevor Murdoch is, and I'm just thinking, bro, don't say these things, shh, don't tell people that. Did he just compare himself to Trevor Murdoch? Did he just make? Trevor Murdoch's entire NWA run about him. <laughs> oh, again, again, I, I, I'm sorry for butting in again, guys, but this is something you need to take into account when you get on a camera in front of millions of people and you start talking. you got to take into account that this is a skill that takes time. It'd be like me going and grabbing a guitar and trying to play a Billy Co- play a Smashing Pumpkins cover, and all I've taken is a few weeks of guitar lessons. That's what you did on a on on, on a nationally televised show that's got millions of dollars behind it. I just don't see how that's a good usage of those highly valuable television minutes. I'm sorry, DK. You know what? 
for Billy Corgan, he's not doing professional wrestling as we think of professional wrestling from whatever glory days that we remember. And these tapings kind of show that because it's he's taping a TV show. I mean, you know, that's why in you know, they tape in three days, but Trevor Murdoch's suspended for thirty. Yeah, right. And even in their calculation it didn't work out right because he was back <laughs> in twenty eight. And so, you know, uh what's his name? Master Sadonis, Bob, Chris, Chris, whoever. You know, he wins the he wins the national heavyweight title. Well, he holds it two days and gives it up. Now, for us, it was uh, two months or you know whatever, which is the way they're portraying it. But that's not what it was, and so that's why he's able to go on these things and do these type of interviews and I use the term very loosely is because for him it's just a TV show that's not any different than you know watching your favorite dramedy and I mean honestly I laugh more but it's sad that (laughs) it's sad that they can't just put on a professional wrestling show Kevin's laughing because Sean just killed it. Uh, Bruce Tharp is more entertaining. There's a there's a GIF I saw on Twitter or GIF on Twitter where Bruce Tharp is like turning around behind an NWA logo and pointing at it and scowling in his different sequence suits. And uh, yikes, that was pretty entertaining. I was I was I was, uh, I was in the court case. I was on the stand in the court case for the for that for when the restart took over. They subpoenaed you. Yeah, I was I was in the I was on the stand in the court case. I don't even remember what I talked about. Wow. But I was I was in the stand. I was I I got up and spoke. Wow. Oh yeah, yep, yep. What's funny is is you understand I'm from I'm from Texas. The, the place where Bruce Starr based himself out of and because but they didn't choose me the the, 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 the Trobich group chose me so even though I was from Texas going to all their shows they still saw me as Trobich's guy yeah <laughs> testified for him in court <laughs> it's still it's still, I'm on the outside looking, and I'm like, you can't win for losing. Anyway, the drama. I still call Ricky Morton. I still called him out for putting that belt on Ricky Morton. <laughs> I wish I'd have never deleted that video. One one thing uh, I wanted to point out when uh, May straight out asked uh, Billy Corgan if he thought that Trevor was worthy to be world's champion, he, he more or less gave a non-answer and said, look, it's... It's not really up to me, which, I mean, yeah, it is. You're the owner of the company. But he says, look at what Harley Race would say. You know, did Harley Race train somebody who wasn't worthy to be world's heavyweight champion? And so, for say that again? Well, 
DK. So you probably train lots of people that weren't worthy of being world champion. Because I, I all, do have it. At the Go end ahead. of the day, you want the. Well, guys, don't don't we have like a shorter time frame tonight? Yeah. Jay, don't you have somewhere to be? Like, like, let's not kill. Let's not waste our airtime on a guy who wasted our money with with airtime. There's so much better things to talk about, but we. But if we want to do a little 15-minute show tribute of just making fun of Billy Corgan, I'm in. Maybe we'll do that next week. Um, okay, so you know what? Who cares? You guys, you, you guys go. saw, you guys saw, uh, you know, Power Surge. It's up to you to say if you liked it or not. I personally, I thought the tag match was fun. Did it mean anything? No. But most of the matches no. on Power don't mean anything. Um, we got a good yep. showcase. We got to see Luke Hawk and 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 uh, PJ. Is it PJ? Yeah, PJ. We yep. got to see. Yep. We got to see them in action. They're a good tag team. Um, yep. I have it on good authority. They'll be back. Uh, the one thing we did get kind of get from that match, or two things I want to say, and then we'll move on to the pay per view. Is one, I find it kind of interesting that uh, Luke Hawk, back when he was Alter Boy Luke, wrestling for. Uh, NWA Wildside was feuding with Sal Renaro, Salvatore Renaro over the NWA Wildside Junior Heavyweight Championship. So I know it doesn't mean anything, but I thought that was kind of cool. It, how funny! Like I had no, like I don't know how I didn't put all this together. Salvatore Renaro. Yeah. Are you I, just? I, I'm I'm 100 sure I knew him. You probably and, I, and right now and I have not put the two and two together. <laughs> I wrestled at Wildside. Yeah, well, you probably you might have been in the ring with Sal. When you say Salvatore Renaro, immediately like I'm like, wait a minute, I know that name. I don't know Sal Renaro, but Sal, but that sounds wow. How funny! <laughs> Anyways, what a funny thing. Uh, Guys, I, I do want to say my big take from that was with that tag team, Luke and his kid. They're awesome, and and I and I know they may not hear me on the show, but I've wrestled Luke before. He's a phenomenal. I've worked for Luke and wrestled for him. He's a great guy, but man, what he's done with his kid is a is a stud, and I look forward to seeing uh, the future for for him and his son, and and his son once you know once he starts to move into. A singles portion of his career, and then the the other That's thing, all I got. the other thing I wanted to point out was we kind of got uh, circled, squared, came to a conclusion because Velvet Sky uh, pronounced <laughs> Hawk Ari the winners of that. Remember, there was like three matches that aired, which was the Hawk Ari versus the uh, the uh, the Russians, um, the Koloff Dynasty. Then we had. Uh, um, Jordan, uh, oh, what was her name? I'm not going to remember these names, but we had George South and Colby Carino, and then we had uh, Freya the Slaya from Alaska taking on Jordan, I can't remember her name. And then there was one more match with Lindsay Snow that never made it to air, and they never, they never fulfilled that show because, of course, COVID put a stop on everything. So, at least we have conclusion now from from last year that we know that uh, Hawk Ari 
uh, won that competition, which is awesome because they didn't really fulfill the obligation for the competition. But that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, Kevin, did you see what Kakushi just said? Oh boy, Kaku! Wait, it's... no way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so real quick I want to get some of your comments I see you guys are here in the chat uh, Mega wants to talk about the card We're going to get there right now Sean uh, John State uh, State Stalman I'm sorry John if I said that wrong Do you think Sal could get a push If they bring back the junior heavyweight belt Since he'd be against people his own size You know no. he's been in the business For so long um, I think what he's doing now Is what he's, he's going to be doing it, it, That's what yeah. he's going to do yeah, he, he he wouldn't be. I don't think. I don't think he would add anything to that championship. I think somebody like Matt Cross. Absolutely. Now we're talking. Put the belt on Matt Cross. Let him carry that division, and you bring in guys for him to wrestle and just have matches, and you make that the story, which is how a junior heavyweight division should be. Uh, brother, I guarantee you there will be ratings that come out of that, and people would love to see that. And then, uh, hey, before we get to the pay per view, yeah. I do have one question. It's just a curiosity question, quick answer. And anybody who's in the chat can answer too. Should the NWA retire the national title for a while at least? I mean, should they just leave it vacant and not worry about it? My, my personal opinion is that right now, probably yes. I could agree with that. And they just got too many belts. And, you know, like, I'm going to agree with somebody that was in here talking about bring back Willie Mack. If you're going to put the belt on somebody like Willie Mack, I want to see that. But he was the national champion at one point. Uh, but I agree. I agree. It's just they got a lot They got a lot going on. They got a lot of moving parts. And it wouldn't hurt them at all to let it set for a while. I, I It's think... a good story for later. Sorry, I, I think, uh, and I'm going to talk a bit so that everyone else in the chat can catch up to what we're talking about. I think that the national title and the television title came on way too fast. The NWA was still kind of getting its feet wet. Um, they, they had the 70th anniversary show, and to bring some extra oomph to it, they brought back the national title. That was a good idea. But then they brought the TV title when power came on, and now you have too many belts. You've got tag titles that hey, they've been defended once in in like like six or eight weeks of television. You've got a women's championship that's never been defended on power this season. You had a TV title that was used perfectly. The TV title was used the, the right way, absolutely. Then the national title, you had one match for that national title, and then not nothing. And, and of course, the world title hasn't been defended on power at all this season either. So rushing to bring the title back under the current situation absolutely not terrible decision you don't need it it's overkill besides this looks better anyways but but to my point um the the national title uh in and of itself again you don't need another singles title on a show that's 45 minutes long that's three episodes a week you know, if the show, if, if if Power begins to evolve, if the NWA evolves, 
if they create a secondary program, if they decide to do a, a YouTube a YouTube special or or something, then I could say, okay, you have you're creating more content. You could use that title to tell more stories, but they don't even have enough time to tell the stories that they have now currently. So yes, DK, I'm with you. I think the belt should remain, uh, you know, un unfilled, vacant until there's a time where that title could be useful. And uh, so I want to make they'll somehow magically fill it in the paper deal. Yeah, I you're right. I I want to make a few comments about the in the chat because I feel like there's some good stuff going on. Uh, there were some people agreed about Matt Cross, uh, which I think that's great. Um, Kokushi asked me, and I don't know if he's like trolling, you know, trying to trying to poke, poke the bear or not. Uh, asking if uh, do I think Chase Owens could be useful for this NWA? Honestly, Chase is like a great wrestler, and if you're going to talk about bringing back the junior heavyweight title and having work rate type matches with a guy like Matt Cross, heck yeah! But I feel like they would freaking waste him. Um, if they brought him in here and brought him in as a singles wrestler. The only way I bring him in is if he's in like a Bullet Club type tag team or something like that where you're looking at like a like to get a rub, you're getting a New Japan crossover. I could see that being beneficial. Um, but, you know, the other entertaining thing, so so I, I think Chase is a great talent. He hates my guts. Doesn't mean he's not a great wrestler. Uh, but I just don't think they have a good spot. They use it right or have a good spot for it. The other thing I liked that was put in here was that why not retire the tag titles? Yeah, I thought DK would get a kick out of that. <laughs> yeah, Sean had the best idea, retire the tag titles. Uh, I don't think we talked about this on there. We were talking a little bit before, and we noted that every set tag team, the War Kings, the end uh, now with the uh, you know Hawk, Hawk and his son yeah Hawk Ari whatever and uh, every tag team when going up against a kind of makeshift tag team has lost and the only time that a tag team has won was when it was two set tag teams going against each other and that was workings and the end so, things don't look good for the War Kings coming up at the pay-per-view, which is my segue to the pay-per-view. Yes. Hey. There it is. When hey. shadows fall. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny that uh, that Carnyland stuff was so ridiculous, and people mostly hated it. And then the second pay-per-view back, they're doing a carnival circus theme. How carny is that? Um. This card, this event is, I like some of the matches. I like a lot of the names that are, are joining the roster. But who booked this shit? It doesn't make any sense. Like, guys. Billy Corgan? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this stuff doesn't make sense to me because, first of all, we, we acknowledged earlier that on this program a thrown-together tag team in Tim Storm and Sal Renaro uh, faced off Salvatore Renaro. Kevin, you know him? They 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 take they uh, took on Hawk Ari. They won. They had a victory. That's that's a tag team victory. If, if you look in the win-loss columns, they're undefeated as a tag team. 
because they remember they also had a, a non-title match against uh, the, the the tag team champions uh, Kratos and Stevens. So they're actually they're two and zero, but there's a tag team a four way which is again come on do we need to do these four ways every pay per view? There's a four way here, four way there. Um, you're putting Renaro with Sam Adonis, now known as Sam Rudo. That doesn't make any sense. Why? Why isn't Tim in this in this tag team match, or or why is Sal Renaro in this tag team match? It just seems like you're throwing you're throwing that pasta to the wall to see if it's going to stick, and it doesn't make any sense. Well, uh, same with Slice Boogie. Well, yeah, Slice Boogie. They put him with Marche Rocket. Now we all know Marche Rocket uh, teamed with Fred Rosser. They had a very good match. Um, that was that was a perfectly acceptable match. That that made sense, but uh, I don't know. Uh, but you know, Flight teamed with Mims. Yeah, they're the ones that got the win over the War King. So now, now why all of a sudden is it? I mean, I know why because Rockets are friends with somebody, and uh, but it's like, yeah, why as far as What's the purpose of this match? Is it going to be a number one contenders match? Is it why is it a four way? Do they all hate each other? We, I mean, you know, what's the reasoning behind this other than it was a way to get four teams, two of which are thrown together? And, you know, here. Why did we spend how many weeks of TV? Too many. To all these weeks of TV. And instead, they have these storylines that seem like they're like really well thought out. That's why there's such a slow developing story. To get to a pay-per-view where you don't even answer any questions with even the matches. The matches aren't going to answer any questions. They're not going to resolve anything that was done in the shows. It just makes no sense to me how you're going to put all that time into a TV show that leads to something that looks like on paper it has not a lot to do with this whole TV show. That, I mean, look, we, we you can knock on all the wrestling promotions in the world, but, like, I can't imagine WWE doing something like this. And, and in all the blunders they've made, they do throw matches together. Don't get me wrong. But... Goodness gracious, man! Like some of this stuff makes no sense. Sorry. Well, you spent it, all this time on TV. What, what were you doing? And, and, and James H. Jackson, our dear friend, just said it perfectly. A 19.99 asking price. You don't experiment and throw stuff against the wall on my dime. I mean, that's kind of how I feel. Like, okay. I think the end versus Mechawolf and Beastia 666 would be a great match. I think that would be a lot of fun. You'd see a contrast in styles. But if you're going to introduce Mechawolf and, and Beastia, why not put them against Hakari? Where you have similar sized guys who are actually familiar with the with each other. Because believe it or not, Hawk and Mechawolf used to wrestle quite a bit. And that could be a quite a fun match. And that would make a lot of sense. And then maybe, I don't know, put the end versus somebody like Hear me out. Mims and Slice Boogie, considering they are a tag team that have had some success 
on NWA Power. Um, it's some redemption, right? Well, the have to be a twenty-minute match. The end has the, the the end really doesn't have a storyline with anybody right now, except for strictly business are the ones that beat them, so they don't really have uh, much going into this either. But again, that's why booking's so important. We just went through eight weeks of television, and you've established some of these names, but some of them are just sitting there in limbo. The end, uh, Slice Boogie, Marche Rocket. You know these guys aren't. They don't have anything going on. So let's just throw them in a match. Let's just. Let's see what happens. This only works, you know, Paro is out there mad. Now people are going to have to start paying attention and blah, stuff like that. So this only works if the end goes out there and destroys the other three teams. Otherwise, just do the end and, you know, and Vista 666 and Mechel 450. Might be a Styles Clash, it might not. They may work out fine. But at least that would be two tag teams facing each other, and it'd be an introduction of one tag team. So, why, I mean, I'm sorry, but why do I need Sal Renaro on a pay per view? You don't. Why, why do I need Marche Rocket on a pay per view? Why, why do we need Sal Renaro on almost every episode of the TV series? Because and it, 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 and instead of having up. 45 Nick Aldis promos throughout the series, we could have had like a tenth of that. And had a lot more story building and a lot more care, like building towards what it is they're trying to build. But I also think you have a little of what we call hot shot booking going on here too. Is oh, they're just trying to book people, hot shot booking, like where you book people just to just because they have a name and you think it's going to help you draw more more fans, but it has nothing to do with anything in your company, nor do you plan for them to have anything to do with your company well, and going forward. You're just bringing them it, in for purely name value. Alone. And that's a good, that's a good lead to the next. But, um, let's just look at this four-way right here, which makes as much sense as the four-way in the first pay-per-view. But, okay, let's look at this. Let's take care of it the way, you know, we'll do Kevin's the way I would have booked it. So, I would have taken the end and put them against uh, Beast and Mechawolf. I would have gotten rid of Sal. I would have gotten rid of Marche, and I would have put Sam Rudo against Slice Boogie. They've kind of been building Slice in a very weird way that doesn't help him at all. Sam's a new person coming in. Uh, has some, you know, some background. I mean, those are two matches that would be fine to open a pay-per-view with. You know, not every, not every match is going to be a main event, but those are two matches that could be. Hey, that's interesting. I want to kind of see what they, you know, what they're going to do. I mean, you know, Kevin talks about there was trash back in the day in some of the early world class Star Wars. Their big super cards was Kamala taking on three jobbers, but then what happens is after he squashes them, Bruiser Brody comes out and decks Kamala. That's what they could have done with Tyrus. That's what they should have so, done with Tyrus. We may not want to be labored too much on this match if we're going to get through all the matches. No, no. And let's, yeah. let, let's but see. I do have a question for the chat before we move on. If they were to put three left, three numbers behind my name, what would those three numbers be? I mean, we got Bestia666, Mecha Wolf 450 Kevin Douglas. 3-2-1. 24-7. 
That's the website. Okay. Hey. <laughs> Moving right along. So then, so then they 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 um, a good segue is bringing somebody onto the roster who hasn't really had a presence because they're going to try to pop the pay per view buys. Which I mean, I don't necessarily blame them for that. And I think this matchup is actually going to be a fun match, even though there's very little history behind it. Or, or any NWA connection to it, but uh, JTG versus Fred Rosser. Um, you know, JTG was from Crime Time. He used to team with Shad Gaspard, and uh, I know he's tight with uh, the television champion. And uh, another guy who I think was not used to his fullest potential in the WWE, which is exactly what the NWA has been talking about, what they wanted. So he's a guy that I think is going to fit in very well on this power roster if they decide to book him right. And then Fred Rosser, I mean, I think Fred Rosser's been a breath of fresh air. Every time he's in the ring, he's good. You know, he's not he's not the star of the show, but he's certainly good in his role, and I think it brings something to the table. DK, what do you think? I mean, I'm good with the match. I kind of have a feeling it's not going to necessarily be a surprise who wins it, but, you know, we can keep our fingers crossed. Sure. And, uh... uh like I said, I've I've enjoyed most of the matches that Rosser's been in. He does uh he's a good guy. He's somebody who I thought that, you know, United dropped dropped the ball on that they should have put their world title on him. And uh of course right now I think they should put the world title on anybody, even <laughs> Rick Flair. Uh so you know, and you know, this fits what I kinda call the opening matches of a of a big card. Not again, not everything's a main event. Some of these things are to introduce people, to get people, you know, to get some people over who maybe you already have or whatever. Uh you know, let's let's see how let's see how it goes. So I, I think it'll be a good match. That's all I got. Yeah, I think it'll be enjoyable. I think it'll be a good match. Yeah. And and, and just one more thing I want to add to this. Um you know, when Power first started taping the very first episode back in 2019, remember they did tapings first that led up to a pay-per-view. And now they've kind of flipped that recording style where you get the pay-per-view first because obviously that's generating a lot of money for them, and then you get a series of Power. And I really wish they could somehow flip-flop that back to the way it used to be because... This would be a perfect, you know, this season of power should have been introducing people like JTG or or Mecha Wolf and Bestia or uh, Kylie Ray. I think this would have been, a, then having that payoff of them in a pay-per-view would make sense. But bringing them on the pay-per-view first and then just expecting us to know who these people are. If you only watch the NWA, you watch no other wrestling, first of all, I'm sorry. Second of all... Um, you don't know who JTG is until they introduce him. You don't know who uh, Kylie Ray is until they introduce her. So it just seems to me like I don't know. I think that, I think they should get back on a, a different recording uh, schedule. But um, the next match, the next match is uh, Tyrus teaming with Austin Idol. Excuse me, not teaming. Represented by Austin Idol, taking on the television champion in a non-title <laughs> match. Um, and it, there must be a winner. <laughs> let me let me say something because I love what James said. DKM just came up with a slogan for this pay per view. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> 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 when shadows fall, 
Let's see, see how it goes. goes. <laughs> That's actually a good um, idea. And Sean Mega said that the, the three numbers that could be behind my name would be 420. Sorry, brother, I retired from 420. Um, but I, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm ready to get to the conversation about uh, the, the big title matches. But I, I don't. This match to me, I'm never. I don't really understand where they, why we ever got here in the first place. They're just. You have a television champion who's your best work rate guy, really top three work rate guys in, in your whole plan over this whole series was to have him go out and have a throwaway match not even for the title that he's probably going to do the job what is that you're not building a champion like that you're not building a belt uh, yeah th this is one of those I'm going to call it I'm going to call it like I say this is some indie booking right here this is what is what they're is what they're doing out in Springtown, Texas, on a Saturday night in Mineral Wells. So I do love those guys out in Mineral Wells, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't understand this one at all. Not looking forward to it. All all I have on this one's a quick question. Does Pope have to win? Because if he doesn't, if he doesn't, does that? You know, kill his heat, his his momentum. I don't, I don't, I don't think a loss is going to hurt him. Um, it's just like is 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 Tyrus worth giving that loss up for? You know what I mean? And I think the answer is no. No. Um, I mean, if he comes, if he comes to the taping, you know, dropping twenty pounds and looking like the best shape of his life and is ready to work. And maybe that's a different conversation, but right now he's not that guy. He wasn't that guy in the first season. So um, let's just move on to yeah. the tag team match: Thunder Rosa and Molina versus Kylie Ray and Taryn Terrell. This one is another head scratcher, and I know you, I know you want to get Thunder Rosa on the card because again she's a draw. But but uh, her and Molina, I, I mean. Early on in the season, Molina came out and said, look, I want to just be your manager. I want to be your supporter. And Thunder Rosa was very not good with that idea. And it seems like every time Molina comes out and sticks her nose in Thunder Rosa's business, she gets she eats a spear for it or she gets knocked off the apron or something. And Thunder Rosa didn't even check on her the last time. So this is kind of a, 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 a weird... What's, well, and, and her and Thunder Rosa become better friends every week for no reason at all. Yeah, the, and again, that story's not really explained. And then you've got uh, Taryn Terrell, who has been, you know, kind of, uh, you know, mean-girling it with, with Camille. Now she's partnering with Kylie Ray, who, again, uh, is like an internet baby face. And a lot of people understand she's had some uh, mental health problems in the past. And, and she quit AEW. As Kakushi pointed out, she no-showed impact. Um, I know she's a darling, internet darling, but uh, I don't know. This just again. Let's see if it works, right? <laughs> when shadows fall, let's see if it works. I'm gonna keep saying. Thunder Rosa, you could put her in. I don't know what the purpose of her match was. It was it went to a draw because apparently the answer is okay. Well, we'll just ignore that. 
so Melina supposedly was going to sign with WWE again told her knee or something was in so much shape she could such bad shape she couldn't wrestle so now she and those were that's from her but she just couldn't do it anymore and so now apparently she can uh you know Kylie Ray I know she's had her she's had her issues I hope she's gotten some help for her hopefully this would be the type of thing where you do work just a few days and get a month's worth of, or get a couple of months worth of activity out so you know I, I hope good things for her uh, yeah. and, and, and and I do think it makes a lot of sense for her as a as a human being right she wants to wrestle this is a perfect place for her considering you know some of her ups and downs and I don't want to I'm certainly not trying to pass judgment on her for that I definitely am happy that she's gotten to a, a place where she feels healthy but like I they could have just brought her in a different way I mean I think most people would rather have seen Thunder Rosa versus Kylie Ray one-on-one instead of yep. the you know the silly tag match that they're going with it well, it, yeah but they gotta back. use Molina and, and what's her name Taryn Terrell they gotta use them yeah that's just well, just you know, mandatory I was actually thinking, you know, you don't always have to introduce somebody in a match. She could just be there. I mean, Taryn Terrell didn't come in, you know, in the first match. And Melina never really wrestled, even in the old episodes, except for maybe one or two times. Uh, you know, this would have been a good thing where he, they could have brought her out. She could have been watching. They could have put her on commentary. If they're not going to put her on commentary, they she could just be watching. And I would have much rather have seen Thunder Rosa in a singles match against almost anybody uh, like Terrence Terrell or whatever that than this tag team match because it adds no real value as far as making me want to buy the show. I mean, now we're getting to the matches that should make me want to buy the show. The first ones, yeah, these are the opening matches you put on. But now I should want to, you know, buy the show. Thunder Rosa has a huge fan following. This would have been some good uh, Paul Heyman-style booking where you have Thunder Rosa versus, um, you know, uh, Kylie Ray. Kylie, Kaylee, whatever. Um, you advertise that, and you can also say also appearing at the bottom. You can always have Melina, whoever else you know, maybe matches that. You know, you don't have to advertise every match, and so you know they're going to be there. You just don't know what they're going to do, and they have a singles match. It goes fifteen or ten, or have some really good wrestling, and then you have kind of a kibosh kind of thing happen, and then the thing breaks down, and the referee restarts it, and it's a tag match. And I mean something in, at least have something interesting. Tell a one night story, if anything. Have Kaylee, Kylie Ray come out and say, I'm here and I'm here to challenge Thunder Rosa. I don't know. There's just a way you can do that. Um that that still plays to the story. Anyway. I'm ready to move on. So next, uh D- DK, are you, are you finished with your, with your thoughts? Yeah, I'm finished. Okay. So then we get the tag team championship match. Now, Aaron Stevens and Kratos, who they finally have had one successful title defense 
uh, will be taking on the guys that they beat in that one successful title defense, the War Kings, and the guys that refused to face them at the the power episode before that in uh, Adonis and Latimer. Um, I feel like this match makes very little sense when we talk about when we talk about matches that are going to get you to buy the pay-per-view this doesn't get me to buy the pay-per-view now I like the War Kings a lot I really do and I hope I hope the War Kings come out with the tag titles but like why are Adonis and Latimer in this match like Billy seems to just like kind of roll over like okay all's forgiven those guys screwed up an episode of Power and you were supposedly fined them and you supposedly took that match away from them only to give it back to them at the pay-per-view? Doesn't make much sense to me. DK, what did you think? <coughs> DK, are you frozen? Apparently I was. Looks like it. <clears throat> I, or I was obsessed watching Kevin die. Uh, either way. Uh, look, I don't care about this match, honestly. The War Kings should win it, but the way they're booking, tag teams don't win. Uh, and the way they're booking the War Kings, where they're getting along just only slightly better than Stevens and Kratos. Uh, and by the way, when we said Billy shouldn't talk, when he was trying to explain how this match came together, was the perfect example of that. And so... Yeah, I don't know. I don't care. Retire, retire the national title. Retire the tag team title. Send me the belts. And, <laughs> and um, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, my guess is that Adonis and Vladimir will come out with the belts, and that'll make up for Vladimir having to give up the national title. And well, we'll kind of keep that whole thing. My. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Well, this may have not sold the pay-per-view for you guys. But y'all, who's my favorite wrestler in the NWA? Jack Stane? Latimer. Latimer. That's right. I forgot. So Latimer, Latimer sold, Lat, you told me you put Latimer on the card. You tell me I get to see him wrestle. Not only that, but I get to see him wrestle six or five other big dudes. <laughs> Um, all I can ask, and Latimer, I know you don't watch this show, but, well, okay, what you said, Dan. But, Latimer, I know you don't watch this show, but if you ever happen to, just at least get in the ring and beat the hell out of every one of those big guys so I can get my money's worth at this show. <laughs> if you do that, Billy Corgan, if you're watching this show, because now you hate me and you're like, so wanted to see what I was saying about you. If there's anything you can do right, just make sure Latimer goes out there and lays hands on every single person out there even Adonis. in that match. Let me see. Well, I want to, well even Adonis, sure. <laughs> but as long as I get to see that, I feel like I'll get my money's worth. Because getting to see Latimer in there with Dane, yeah. with Crimson, yeah. with Stevens, even Kratos. Yeah. I think it's, it, to me, that, that as long as they go out there and just beat the hell out of each other, and they give them enough time to do that, I'm good with it. But I don't want to see is one guy in the ring with another guy for 15 minutes. For God's sake, don't do that. But but I would say this would be the match I'd be looking forward to the most just because I like got my favorite guy going. Pull the trigger. Yeah. 
We don't need we don't need Stevens and Kratos anymore. You either this pay per view should either solidify them as a tag team and and make it a real big deal, or just split them up, let them go their separate ways, and figure out what you're going to do with them later. Um, bring back the karate gimmick. Bring back the karate gimmick. Uh, that brings us to. One of the matches I think is probably going to be the uh, if if JTG and Fred Rosser doesn't steal the show, then I think Serena Deep and Camille might. Um, the women's championship match, I was so impressed with Camille in her match with Thunder Rosa. I know she didn't get the victory, but she also didn't lose. And the fact that she's got a W on Thunder Rosa, which Thunder Rosa doesn't have on her, that gives her the match against Serena Deep. Who, if you guys didn't see at the pay per view. Uh, uh, all ins, uh, what was it called? Uh, double or nothing buy in. Serena Deep looked awesome, and and you got two women who are aggressive in the ring. Serena Deep kills her in terms of work rate, kills her in ter- terms of scientific maneuvers and and all that stuff. But Camille's a brick house, and I don't know how you're going to beat a brick house, and I don't know how you're going to beat someone who's a master of a thousand holds. So Kev, tell me what who are your what's your pick on this one? I actually think I'm with you on this. So this is another one selling me uh, because I'm really impressed and intrigued with the growth uh, I've seen from Camille. And I want to see what she looks like in the ring with maybe somebody that's not out there trying to eat her up, (laughs) but is actually going to use that, going to use those skills that she has. Serena Deeb was a trainer for the WWE, if I'm not mistaken. And she will use those skills to actually enhance what Camille does and again guys if this match if they do this you will see what I was talking about the last time when the, you'll see the difference hopefully we get to see that I think I think it I think it could happen because again I think Serena Deeb doesn't have nearly as much emotionally invested in this as Thunder Rosa does uh, and I think that she sees the opportunity to go out there and have a match that people might actually really remember and they could easily steal the show uh, if if Camille comes out and shows even more improvement. Because remember, how long ago were the tapings? What is that? Six, how long ago did they tape it? Two months? Three months? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's had three months now to improve. And I'd like to think that that's something that she's been doing. So who we can only imagine that it should be better than what we saw in the TV series. So, again, I'm really looking forward to this match. Again, all the stuff we talked about at the bottom part of the card, they're getting to the matches that I want to see, but that's what I feel like I'm paying for, and I have a feeling this match will deliver. All right, DK, your thoughts? Uh, This is actually the match I'm most interested in. Uh, If I buy this, this this would be the match that is why. And, you know, I hope Serena goes out there and eats up Camille. And I'm oh, just kidding, just kidding. No, uh, honestly, Serena D, for those that don't know her background, but she was trained by Rip Rogers, who one of the best trainers out there years ago. She was in Ohio Valley back when Danny Davis and uh, Jim Cornette were in charge out there. She has lots of experience. She has very good training. 
she has gone on to do training. She she did training for uh, NXT. A AEW originally brought her in for training to do training. And every match that I've watched of hers, and she's about the only her and Rose are about the only reason I'll watch AEW and AEW match. You know, they're all good. You can. She is a veteran. She's extremely talented, and she knows what she's doing. And you know, this is going to be me. Camille should thank her lucky stars that she gets a chance to work with somebody like this, because we all know Camille's going to be great, probably. And one of the ways she's going to become great is working with people like that. You know, somebody who can really teach you and take you through a match. So it, I won't say I'm excited about it, but I am very interested in it. And I think DK, you bring up kind of a good little point in what I would like, what I hope we're going to see from Serena Deeb is what I expected to see from Thunder Rosa. And what you just said. Part of the, the goal of a veteran wrestler is to help younger wrestlers come along. And you don't do that by taking advantage of their, their ignorance of what they're supposed to be doing in a match. And I think that's what we saw with Thunder Rosa. I hope we don't see that. And again, I'm not again I'm not trying to die on the hill of, of whether it was a good match or not. It was a great match. But I think if we see what I'm talking about, you'll see the difference. We'll see more moments like the miss spear into the roll-up for the false finish. We'll see more than just one of those. We'll see a plethora of that. And I, I really hope we get to see that. And I really hope to see Camille walk out with the title. Well, because of some of the AEW stuff, I question whether Camille will be able to win. It would be nice to get the NWA women's title back into the NWA. But then again, as much as they use or don't use their titles, it may be better off in AEW. Uh, I understand what Kevin's saying, and I would like this match to be, you know, what Kevin's talking about. Again, I think where our disagreement was even over last, over the one with uh, Thunder Rosa, was, you know, there's dynamics in relationships, and the dynamics in the relationship of Thunder Rosa and Camille which was a heated I would expect Thunder Rosa to go out there and kind of manhand you know be more experienced didn't do that she was doing what I was expecting her to do in this one there's not that dynamic Serena Deeb's coming out to defend her championship and prove that she's the best women's wrestler you know in the world she's the world champion and so that's that's a different dynamic, and I would expect the type of match that Kevin's talking about. So well, that leaves the main event, Jay. Yeah, that takes us to the ten pounds of gold, the real world's championship, the granddaddy of them all, the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, held by the Dealer, the National Treasure, Nick Aldis. 
as he puts his prize up against the man who won a 16-man, although they still call it a 14-man, battle royal to win this opportunity. Nick Aldis has made Trevor Murdoch's life hell for the last eight weeks of television. Really, two days. But, uh, I, I mean, they built this storyline up fairly well. I mean, it's been the main focus of power for eight weeks. It's why Nick Aldis has been on camera so much, hamming it up. Uh, I really feel like this is an opportunity for the NWA to do something special. Um, I think it, this is the opportunity to do something uh, that it doesn't happen very often in this modern-day version of the NWA. And I think, uh, I think that you're going to see two guys who both really respect Harley Race step into the ring. And uh, you're going to see something very interesting. Uh, Kevin, you know, you're, you're NWA champion. You are, that's in your DNA. That's in your blood. That's something that nobody can take away from you forever. And when you see somebody like Nick Aldis carrying that title and you see somebody like Trevor Murdoch challenging for that World's Heavyweight Championship... I mean, what does that mean to you as a former champion, you know, the former world junior heavyweight champion, but what what does it mean to you as a wrestler? I I, I really think that to me, with the way this match is set up, uh, with what they've, with how they put things together, I, re, I, I like both guys. In all storylines aside, and um, all the buildup aside, whether I liked it or didn't like it or how they did Murdoch or how they did you know they can erase all that by going out there and giving us a heavyweight a world heavyweight championship wrestling match and you know Nick Aldis gets out there and talks about being the real world's champion listen brother 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 if you're the real world's champion and I know you don't listen to the show but this is from one ham sandwich jabroni <laughs> to another. Because, brother, you ain't as good as you think you are. If you're the real world's champion, brother, then this needs to be the best wrestling match for this month. Between this pay-per-view and the next pay-per-view, this better be the best wrestling match we see on any wrestling program or Newsflash, you calling yourself the real world's champ, it's just a work. Trevor Murdoch can do it. I know he can go out there and have a great match. It's not about who could win or who can't. Is that all this on the phone? No, that's ring, ring, it's a work, brother. So, so that's my point, is that you're just saying it unless you deliver. You've got a talent out there in Trevor Murdoch who can deliver who can go out there and have a, a five-star match, especially heavyweight beating the snot out of each other kind of wrestling match. So I, I think this match has everything you need to be a show stealer, a true main event, a world heavyweight championship match. There's nothing that really these guys lack. The only thing that would lack would be either a lack of intelligence in the way that the match is put together and booked or a lack of effort on their behalf by not being prepared or not being in shape to deliver the kind of match that that we expect from the real world's champion. I've played all the cards. How about this? 
I just laid all the cards out there on the table. Let's see if the dealer can deliver. All that, DK. <laughs> yeah. Luck. Kevin nailed shouldn't it. Have put me in, shouldn't have put me in the semi-main, Jay. You should have put me in the main event. Sorry, brother. <laughs> I'm sure DK will be fine. Yeah, anyway. No, uh, seriously. I mean, Kevin basically laid it out. This has all the potential. I have a complete lack of trust. And, yep. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's it. I don't trust them to do what's right. I don't trust them not to do something screwy. Uh, there is a possibility that, you know, uh, Murdoch could win as they've announced already another match between the two of them in July. July 24th. July 24th. Which, you know, scheduling-wise, would probably be a little bit difficult because that would probably be, you know, before their next pay-per-view. So if they were going to be on TV, would you ever show Aldis with the belt if he were to regain it? You know, because there is some school of thought out there that Murdoch will win for the big pay-per-view and then just drop the title back on the 24th because hot-shotting titles is not uncommon. And I don't know. They may do that. They may not. Uh, I probably wanted to surprise the fans or surprise the world. I'd probably have all this one and this one and then lose on, lose on the 24th. But I don't trust them. I, I in my heart of hearts, I worry of a dusty, dusty finish, which was an Eddie Graham finish. And mm. I don't know. I, I, that simple. I don't trust them. I don't so, either. Uh, hope, hopefully it's a good match. And it's a real shame because I'm a big fan of both guys. And it's a real shame that I can't just sit there and go, Oh, this is going to be so awesome. I can't wait to see it. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to see it because I don't know that they're going to treat it right. I don't know if they're going to book it right. You know, guys, prove me wrong. NWA, please. Pretty please. I'm not asking for much. Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, our presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at the Alliance Blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at the Alliance Blog. Remember... Absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.